Chapter eighteen of Sixty Years in Southern California, eighteen fifty three to nineteen thirteen by Harris Newmark. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter eighteen First Experience with the Telegraph. Eighteen sixty. In eighteen sixty, Maurice Kramer was elected county treasurer, succeeding H. N. Alexander, who had entered the service of Wells Fargo and Company and he attended to this new function at his store on commercial street where he kept the county funds i had my office in the same place and the salary of the treasurer at the time being but one hundred and twenty-five dollars a month with no allowance for an assistant i agreed to act as deputy treasurer without pay as a matter of fact i was a sort of emergency deputy only and accepted the responsibility as an accommodation to kramer in order that when he was out of town there might be someone to take charge of his affairs it is very evident however that i did not appreciate the danger connected with this little courtesy since it often happened that there were from forty to fifty thousand dollars in the money chest an expert burglar could have opened the safe without special effort and might have got scot-free for the only protector at night was my nephew caspar cohn a mere youth who clerked for me and slept on the premises Inasmuch as no bank had as yet been established in Los Angeles, Kramer carried the money to Sacramento twice a year. Nor was this transportation of the funds, first by steamer to San Francisco, thence by boat inland, without danger. The state was full of desperate characters who would cut a throat or scuttle a ship for a great deal less than the amount involved. At the end of five or six years, Kramer was succeeded as county treasurer by J. Huber, Jr., I may add, incidentally, that the funds in question could have been transported north by Wells Fargo and Company, but their charges were exorbitant. At a later period, when they were better equipped and rates had been reduced, they carried the state money. On January 2nd, Joseph Paulding, a Marylander, died. Twenty-seven years before, he came by way of the Gila, and boasted having made the first two mahogany billiard tables constructed in California. The same month, attention was directed to a new industry, the polishing and mounting of abalone shells, then as now found on the coast of Southern California. A year or so later, G. Fisher was displaying a shell brooch, colored much like an opal and mounted in gold. By 1866, the demand for abalone shells had so increased that over $14,000 worth was exported from San Francisco while a year later consignments valued at not less than $36,000 were sent out through the Golden Gate. Even though the taste of today considers this shell as hardly deserving of such a costly setting, it is nevertheless true that these early ornaments, much handsomer than many specimens of quartz jewelry, soon became quite a fad in Los Angeles. Natives and Indians especially took a fancy to the abalone shell, and even much later, earrings of that material were worn by the Crow Scout Curly, a survivor of the Custer Massacre. In 1874, R. W. Jackson, a shell jeweler on Montgomery Street, San Francisco, was advertising here for the rarities, offering as much as forty and fifty dollars for a single sound red, black, or silver shell, and from fifty to one hundred dollars for a good green or blue one. Incidentally, it is interesting to note that the Chinese consumed the abalone meat in large quantities. Broom-making was a promising industry in the early 60s, 
the carpenters of los nietos and f w gibson of el monte being among the pioneers in this handiwork several thousand brooms were made in that year and since they brought three dollars a dozen and cost but eleven cents each for the handles and labor exclusive of the corn a good profit was realized major edward harold fitzgerald well known for campaigns against both indians and bandits died on january ninth and was buried with military honors on january tenth bartholomew's rocky mountain circus held forth on the plaza people coming in from miles around to see the show it was then that the circus proprietor sought to quiet the nerves of the anxious by the large lettered announcement a strict police is engaged for the occasion the printing of news editorials and advertisements in both english and spanish recalls again not only some amusing incidents in court activities resulting from the inability of jurists and others to understand the two languages but also the fact that in the early sixties sermons were preached in the catholic church at los angeles in english and spanish the former being spoken at one mass the latter at another english proper names such as john and benjamin were spanished into juan and benito and common spanish terms persisted in english advertisements as when don juan avila and fernando sepulveda in january announced that they would run the horse coyote one thousand varas for three thousand dollars in eighteen sixty two also when Siriaco arza was executed for the murder of frank riley the peddler and the prisoner had made a speech to the crowd the sheriff read the warrant for the execution in both english and spanish still another illustration of the use of spanish here side by side with english is found in the fact that in eighteen fifty eight the los angeles assessment rolls were written in spanish although by eighteen sixty the entries were made in english only a letter to the editor of the star published on january twenty eighth eighteen sixty will confirm my comments on the primitive school conditions in los angeles in the first decade or two after i came the writer complained of the filthy condition of the boys department school number one in which to judge by the mud the floor did not seem to have been swept for months the editor then took up the cudgel saying that the board formerly paid a man for keeping the schoolroom clean but that the common council had refused any longer to pass the janitor's bills adding that in his opinion the council had acted wisely if the teacher had really wished the schoolroom floor to be cleaned contended the economical editor he should have appointed a pupil to swing a broom each day or at least each week and otherwise perform the necessary duties on behalf of the health of the school the year eighteen sixty witnessed the death of don antonio maria lugo brother of don jose ignacio lugo grandfather of the wolfskills uncle of general vallejo and the father-in-law of colonel isaac williams who preceded lugo to the grave by four years for a long time lugo lived in a spacious adobe built in eighteen nineteen near the present corner of east second and san pedro streets and there the sons for whom he obtained the san bernardino rancho were born in earlier days or from eighteen thirteen don antonio lived on the san antonio ranch near what is now compton and so well did he prosper there that eleven leagues were not enough for the support of his cattle and flocks it was a daughter of lugo who having married a perez and being made a widow became the wife of stephen c foster her daughter in turn marrying wallace woodworth and becoming maria antonia perez de woodworth and lugo who used to visit them and the business establishments of the town 
was a familiar figure as a sturdy caballero in the streets of los angeles his ornamental sword strapped in spanish soldier fashion to his equally ornamental saddle don antonio died about the first of february aged eighty-seven years about the middle of february john temple fitted up the large hall over the city market as a theatre providing for it a stage some forty-five by twenty feet in size in those days considered an abundance of platform space and a private box on each side whose possession became at once the ambition of every los angeles gallant temple brought an artist from san francisco to paint the scenery los angeles then boasting of no one clever enough for the work and the same genius supervised the general decoration of the house what was considered a record-breaking effort at making the public comfortable was undertaken in furnishing the parquet with armchairs and in filling the gallery with two tiers of raised benches guaranteeing some chance of looking over any broad sombreros in front and to cap the enterprise temple brought down a company of players especially to dedicate his new house about february twentieth the actors arrived on the old senator and while i do not recall who they were or what they produced i believe that they first held forth on washington's birthday when it was said the scenery is magnificent surpassing anything before exhibited in this city the spring of eighteen sixty was notable for the introduction of the pony express as a potent factor in the despatch of transcontinental mail and although this new service never included los angeles as one of its terminals it greatly shortened the time required and naturally if indirectly benefited the southland speed was indeed an ambition of the new management and some rather extraordinary results were attained about april twentieth soon after the pony express was started messages were rushed through from st louis to san francisco in eight and a half days and it was noised about that the butterfields planned a rival pony express over a route three hundred miles shorter that it would reach the coast in seven days about the end of april mail from london and liverpool reached los angeles in twenty or twenty-one days and i believe that the fastest time that the pony express ever made was in march eighteen sixty one when president lincoln's message was brought here in seven days and seventeen hours this was somewhat quicker than the passage of the report about fort sumter a month afterward which required twelve days and considerably faster than the transmission by the earlier methods of eighteen fifty of the intelligence that california had been admitted to the union a bit of news of the greatest possible importance yet not at all known here i have been told until six weeks after congress enacted the law which reminds me that the death of elizabeth barrett browning the poet although occurring in italy on june twenty ninth eighteen sixty one was first announced in los angeles on the seventeenth of the following august in february or march the sewer crossing los angeles street and connecting the bella union with the zanja which passed through the premises of francis mellis burst probably as the result of recent rains discharging its contents into the common yard and in short order mellis found himself minus two very desirable tenants for a while he thought of suing the city and then he decided to stop the sewer effectually as soon as it was plugged up however the bella union found itself cut off from his accustomed outlet and there was soon a great uproar in the busy hostelry the upshot of the matter was that the bella union proprietors commenced suit against mellis this was the first sewer really a small square wooden pipe whose construction inaugurated an early chapter in the annals of sewer building and control in los angeles 
competition for government trade was keen in the sixties and energetic efforts were made by merchants to secure their share of the crumbs as well as the loaves that might fall from uncle sam's table for that reason captain winfield scott hancock easily added to his popularity as quartermaster early in eighteen sixty by preparing a map in order to show the war department the relative positions of the various military posts in this district and to emphasize the proximity of los angeles one day in the spring a stranger called upon me with the interesting information that he was an inventor which led me to observe that someone ought to devise a contrivance with which to pluck oranges an operation then performed by climbing into the tree and pulling the fruit from the branches shortly after the interview many of us went to the grove of jean-louis sansevain to see a simple but ingenious appliance for picking the golden fruit a pair of pincers on a light pole were operated from below by a wire and when the wire was pulled the fruit quite unharmed by scratch or pressure fell safely into a little basket fastened close to the pincers in the same year pierre sansevain established the first california wine house in new york and bought the cucamonga vineyard where he introduced new and better varieties of grapes but bad luck overtook him in eighteen seventy grasshoppers ate the leaves and destroyed the crop small as was the population of los angeles county at about this time there was nevertheless for a while an exodus to texas due chiefly to the difficulty experienced by white immigrants in competing with indian ranch and vineyard laborers toward the middle of march much interest was manifested in the welfare of a native californian named serbo sometimes erroneously given as serbolo and even servolo varela who under the influence of bad whiskey had assaulted and nearly killed a companion and who seemed certain of a long time in the state prison it was recalled however that when in the fall of eighteen forty six the fiendish flores resisting the invasion of the united states forces had captured a number of americans and condemned them to be dragged out and shot varela then a soldier under flores and a very brave fellow broke from the ranks denounced the act as murder declared that the order should never be carried out except over his dead body and said and did such a number of things more or less melodramatic that he finally saved the lives of the american prisoners great sympathy was expressed therefore when it was discovered that this half-forgotten hero was in the toils and few persons if any were sorry when varela was induced to plead guilty to assault and battery enabling the court to deal leniently with him varela became more and more addicted to strong drink and some years later he was the victim of foul play his body being found in an unfrequented part of town a scrapbook souvenir of the sixties gives us an idyllic view of the contemporaneous pueblo life furnishing at the same time an idea of the newspaper english of that day it reads as follows with the exception of a little legitimate shooting affair last saturday night by which some fellow had well nigh the top of his head knocked off and one or two knockdowns and drag outs we have had a very peaceful week indeed nothing has occurred to disturb the even tenor of our way and our good people seem to be given up to the quiet enjoyment of delicious fruits and our unequalled climate each one literally under his own vine and fig tree reveling in fancy's flights or luxuriating among the good things which he finds temptingly at hand the demand for better lighting facilities led the common council to make a contract toward the end of march with tiffany and weathered who were given a franchise to lay pipes through the streets and to establish gasworks here but the attempt proved abortive 
in this same year the trip east by the overland stage route which has formerly required nearly a month was accomplished in eighteen or nineteen days and toward the end of march the overland company replaced the mud wagons they had been using between los angeles and san francisco with brightly painted and better upholstered concord coaches then the los angeles office was on spring street between first and second on the lot later bought by louis roeder for a wagon shop and now the site of roeder block and there for the price of two hundred dollars tickets could be obtained for the entire journey to st louis foreign coin circulated in los angeles as i have said for many years and even up to the early sixties mexican money was accepted at par with our own improved facilities for intercourse with the outside world however affected the markets here and in the spring of that year several merchants refused to receive the specie of our southern neighbor at more than its actual value as silver as a result these dealers though perhaps but following the trend elsewhere were charged openly with a combination to obtain an illegitimate profit. In 1860, while Dr. T.J. White was postmaster, a regulation was made ordering all mail not called for to be sent to the dead letter office in Washington within a week after such mail had been advertised. But it was not until the fall of 1871 that this order was really put into operation in our neighborhood. For some time, this worked great hardship on many people living in the suburbs who found it impossible to call promptly for their mail, and who learned too late that letters intended for them had been returned to the sender or destroyed political enthusiasm was keen in early days as is usual in small towns and victorious candidates at least knew how to celebrate on monday may seventh eighteen sixty henry mellis was elected mayor the next day he and the other city officers paraded our streets in a four-horse stagecoach with a brass band the mayor-elect and his confreres were stuffed inside the hot decorated vehicle while the puffing musicians bounced up and down on the swaying top outside like popcorn in a frying pan more than a ripple of excitement was produced in los angeles about the middle of may when jack martin billy holcomb and jim ware in from bear valley ordered provisions and paid for the same in shining gold dust it was previously known that they had gone out to hunt for bear and their sudden return with this precious metal together with their desire to pick up a few appliances such as are not ordinarily used in trapping made some of the hangers-on about the store suspicious the hunters were secretly followed and were found to return to what is now holcomb valley and then it was learned that gold had been discovered there about the first of the month for a year or two many mining camps were formed in holcomb and upper holcomb valleys and in that district the town of belleville was founded but the gold at first apparently so plentiful soon gave out and the excitement incidental to the discovery subsided while some men were thus digging for treasure others sought fortune in the deep spearing sharks as well as whales was an exciting industry at this period sharks running in large numbers along the coast and in the waters of san pedro bay in may orrin smith of los angeles with the aid of his son in one day caught one hundred and three sharks from which he took only the livers these when boiled yielding oil which burned fairly well even in its crude state during the next year shark hunting near rattlesnake island continued moderately remunerative sometime in the spring another effort was made to establish a tannery here and hopes were entertained that an important trade might thus be founded but the experiment came to naught and even today los angeles can boast of no tannery such as exists in several other california cities with the approach of summer elijah and william h workman built a brick dwelling on main street next to tom rowan's bakery and set around it trees of several varieties 
the residence then one of the prettiest in town was built for the boy's mother and there with her they dwelt that sectarian activity regarding public schools is nothing new in los angeles may be shown from an incident not without its humorous side of the year eighteen sixty t j harvey appeared with a broadside in the press protesting against the reading of the bible in schoolrooms saying that he for one would never stand it come what may some may still remember his invective and his pyrotechnical conclusion revolution war blood during downey's incumbency as governor the legislature passed a law popularly known as the bulkhead bill authorizing the san francisco dock and wharf company to build a stone bulkhead around the waterfront of the northern city in return for which the company was to have the exclusive privilege of collecting tolls and wharfage for the long period of fifty years a franchise the stupendous value of which even the projectors of that date could scarcely have anticipated downey when the measure came before him for final action vetoed the bill and thus performed a judicious act perhaps the most meritorious of his administration whether downey who on january ninth had become governor was really popular for any length of time even in the vicinity of his home may be a question but his high office and the fact that he was the first governor from the southland assured him a hearty welcome whenever he came down here from the capital in june downey returned to los angeles accompanied by his wife and took rooms at the bella union hotel and besides the usual committee visits receptions and speeches from the balcony arranged in honor of the distinguished guests there was a salute of thirteen guns fired with all ceremony which echoed and re-echoed from the hillsides in eighteen sixty a number of delegates including caspar Berend and myself were sent to san francisco to attend the laying of the cornerstone on the twenty fifth of june of the masonic temple at the corner of post and montgomery streets we made the trip when the weather was not only excessively hot but the sand was a foot deep and headway very slow so that although we were young men and enjoyed the excursion we could not laugh down all of the disagreeable features of the journey it was no wonder therefore that when we arrived at visalia where we were to change horses Berent wanted a shave while he was in the midst of this tonsorial refreshment the stage started on its way to san francisco and as Berent heard it passing the shop he ran out with one side of his face smooth and clean while the other side was whiskered and grimy and tried to stop the disappearing vehicle despite all of his yelling and running however the stage did not stop and finally Berent fired his pistol several times into the air this attracted the attention of the sleepy driver who took the puffing passenger on board whereupon the rest of us chaffed him about his singular appearance Berent, footnote died november nineteenth nineteen thirteen and footnote did not have much peace of mind until we reached the plaza hotel at san juan bautista a relic as someone has said of the distant past where men and women played billiards on horseback and trees bore human fruit situated in a sweet little valley mountain girdled and well watered where he was able to complete his shave and thus restore his countenance to its normal condition in connection with this anecdote of the trip to san francisco i may add another story on board the stage was frederick j mccrellish author of the alta california the principal coast paper bought by mccrellish and company in eighteen fifty eight and also secretary of the telegraph company at that time building its line between san francisco and los angeles when we reached a point between gilroy and visalia which was the temporary terminus of the telegraph from san francisco 
mccrellish spoke with some enthusiasm of the morse invention and invited everybody on the stage to send telegrams at his expense to his friends i wrote out a message to my brother in san francisco telling him about the trip as far as i had completed it and passed the copy to the operator at the clicking instrument it may be hard for the reader to conceive that this would be an exciting episode in a man's life but since my first arrival in the southland there had been no telegraphic communication between los angeles and the outside world and the remembrance of this experience at the little wayside station was never to be blotted from my mind i may also add that of that committee sent to the masonic festivities in san francisco barrent and i are now the only surviving members it has been stated that the population of los angeles in eighteen fifty was but sixteen hundred and ten how true that is i cannot tell when i came to the city in eighteen fifty three there were some twenty six hundred people in the summer of eighteen sixty a fairly accurate census was made and it was found that our little town had four thousand three hundred and ninety nine inhabitants two distinguished military men visited los angeles in the midsummer of eighteen sixty the first was general james shields who in search of health arrived by the overland route on the twenty fourth of july having just finished his term in the senate the effect of the wounds received at the battle of cerro gordo years before and reports as to the climate of california started the general westward and quietly he alighted from the stage at the door of the bella union after a while general shields undertook the superintending of a mexican mine but at the outbreak of the civil war although not entirely recovered he hastened back to washington and was at once appointed as a brigadier general of volunteers the rest of his career is known a week later general or as he was then entitled colonel john c fremont drew up at the plaza his coming to this locality in connection with the tecumseh tin mine and mariposa forestry interests had been heralded from godey's ranch some days before and when he arrived on tuesday july thirty first in company with leonidas haskell and joseph c palmer the republicans were out in full force and fired a salute of twenty-five guns in the evening colonel fremont was waited upon in the parlors of the bella union by a goodly company under the leadership of the republican committee although all classes irrespective of politics united to pay the celebrated california pioneer the honors due him alexander godey to whose rancho i have just referred was a man of importance with a very extensive cattle range in kern county not far from bakersfield where he later lived he occasionally came to town and was an invariable visitor at my store purchasing many supplies from me these and other provisions which godey and his neighbors sent for were transported by burrow or mule train to the ranches in care of miguel ortiz who had his headquarters in los angeles leading these so-called pack trains was an art by means of rope and slats of wood merchandise was strapped to the animal's sides and back in such a fashion that it could not slip and thus a heavy well-balanced load was conveyed over the plain and the mountain trails by eighteen sixty the germans were well organized and active here in many ways a german benevolent society called eintracht which met tuesday and friday evenings in the arcadia block for music drill under director heinsch affording stimulating entertainment and accomplishing much good the turn verine on the other hand took an interest in the success of the roundhouse and on march twelfth put up a liberty pole on top of the oddly shaped building lager beer and other things deemed by the teutonic brethren essential to a garden of paradise and to such an occasion were freely dispensed and on that day layman was in all his glory 
a particular feature of this garden of paradise was a cabbage about which have grown up some traditions of the brobdingnagian sort that the reader may accept in toto or with a grain of salt it was planted when the place was opened and is said to have attained by december eighteen fifty nine a height of twelve feet with a circumference so averred an ambiguous chronicler of the period referring doubtless to crinolines equal to that of any fashionably attired city bell measuring eight or ten feet by july eighteen sixty the cabbage attained a growth so the story goes of fourteen feet four inches although george always claimed it had been cropped twenty or more times and its leaves used for coleslaw sauerkraut and goodness knows what i can afford the modern reader no better idea of layman's personality and resort than by quoting the following contemporaneous if not very scholarly account the garden of paradise our friend george of the round house who there keeps a garden with the above captivating name was one of the few who done honor to the fourth he kept the national ensign at the fore showed his fifteen-foot cabbage and dealt lager to admiring crowds all day among the popular pleasure resorts of eighteen sixty was the tivioli garden on the wolfskill road conducted by charles kaiser who called his friends together by placarding the legend hurrah for the tivioli music and other amusements were provided every sunday from two o'clock and dancing could be enjoyed until late in the night and as there was no charge for admission the place was well patronized when the fourth of july eighteen fifty nine approached and no preparation had been made to observe the holiday some children who were being instructed in calisthenics by a f tilden began to solicit money their childish enthusiasm resulting in the appointing of a committee the collecting of four hundred dollars and a picnic in don luis sansevain's enclosed garden a year later tilden announced that he would open a place for gymnastic exercises in temple's new block charging men three dollars for the use of the apparatus and the privilege of a shower bath and training boys at half rates this was the origin of systematic physical culture in los angeles end of chapter eighteen